Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. There is a quote circulating the internet these days that I would like to share with you all. I have found inspiration and hope with these words. And people stayed home, and they read books, and they listened, and they rested, and they exercised, and they made art, and they played games, and they learned new ways of being and being quiet, and they listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced. Some found their shadows. And people started to think differently. And they started to heal. And in the absence of people living in ignorance, danger, selfishness, and unconsciousness, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed, and the people came together again, they cried their dead and made new choices and dreamed new dreams, and created new ways of living and completely healing the earth, just as they had been healed. My friend sent this to me, and she said, it was written by a woman named Kitty O'Meara. hope I'm saying that name right. Well, friends, here we are. These, <laughs> these are some crazy times at the moment. I hope that you all are staying safe and healthy, social distancing, washing hands, eating healthy, and being kind to one another. I know that many of you are afraid, afraid for your child who may be of the more vulnerable population, struggling with children who just can't understand why they can't see their friends or their grandparents, worried about bills and jobs and food and what now. And I would love to come on here with words of comfort and assurances that this will all be okay. But I'm not sure what be okay means to you. Are our lives more disrupted than they ever have been? Maybe. But I know some of you have been practicing social distancing for the sake of medically fragile children for far longer than most of us, so this is nothing new to you. Are you worried about where the money is going to come from because you can't work outside of the home? Well, I know plenty of families that this is the case anyway because they can't find the proper care for their child. I don't mean to make light of any part of this situation, but I'm not a doctor or a scientist. I'm not an economist or a sociologist. I did get a degree in anthropology, but that was, you know, 18 years ago. I don't think it counts anymore. I don't have any answers or a deeper understanding of what is happening than you can find on the internet. But I can tell you that we are all in this together. 
we are all struggling in various ways and afraid of various things and unsure how to talk to our children, what they are going to remember, what life will look like when this is all past, it's hard to say. And to clarify by all, I mean most. I can't speak for all, but all sounds more po more poetic. And we are all, most of us, making it work. There may be tears and frustration and fear, but there is also life. There is also laughter and learning and connecting in ways we may not have thought of before or tried. But you know what is a simple act to do with your child? Tell a story. Most of you know that. And it doesn't have to be an elaborate story. Children love to hear stories, especially from the people that they love. My oldest daughter, she went through a phase where she didn't like going on hikes and we were living out in the country, out in the hills, surrounded by forest. It, we had to go on hikes. It's just what you do. So I started telling her stories on these hikes and she was so fascinated and entertained. She could walk for far longer than she would have before. And do you know what these stories were about? They were about our dogs. We have a lot of dogs. These stories were about our dogs going on many adventures. There were no fairy queens or epic battles. There were animals that she knew going on little mini adventures in a canoe. And most of the story was them trying to get in and out of the canoe, which always made her laugh. Sometimes they hid in our luggage and jumped out in Mexico or in Europe. And of course, the dogs don't fit in the luggage, nor would they survive. But, you know, there were simple stories and I didn't even have to make up the characters because we already had the characters and our old, our old hound dog always had gas at some point or numerous times. Sometimes it's, he saved the day with his, with his gas and it always made her crack up and she loved it. Uh, and our little white cattle dog, who was always skittish, um, was always the one say, saying, I don't want to go on this journey, but I always went. And anyway, sometimes the cat would come too, but you get the idea yeah, I wasn't, uh, you know, writing the great American novel. And she loved it. Kids love to hear stories. As you know. It's a great way to connect. To get them off the screen for a little while. To get imaginations going. To help bring a feeling of calmness to the house. So I guess that's what I have to offer. Not statistics or advice. But a story. And I'm going to read you a story on this podcast. It's a short one. It's one that I wrote. And if it gives you a few moments away from the news and from worry and from circulating thoughts about life right now, then it will have done its job. If you would like to hear more stories during this time, you can send me an email at Walking with Freya, or you can let me know in the Facebook group, Walking with Freya. If this is something that you find helpful in any way, I'm happy to do more of it. As some of you know, I have been hosting a Storyteller's Open Mic once a month, and we have gone virtual. We, ha we have had one meetup through Zoom, and we're going to start doing it every Monday now while we're all sheltering in place and staying close to our homes. And so we'll be doing that every Monday evening at 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. And the cool thing about being virtual is that anyone can join. So if you'd like to know more about that, you can, you can follow me on Instagram at Humboldt Mama. I'll put the link in the show notes. That's H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T-M-A-M-A. -M -M -A. 
and you can learn more about how you can be there and join in and share a story. There is a different theme every week. And the mon- this Monday, the 23rd, the theme is offerings. So, um, yeah, it's a place to meet up and connect and share stories and all of that. So, and for future episodes, if any of you have something to share with the rest of us about this time and ways that you are coping or if you have um, if you have any particular knowledge about something like this, let me know. I'd love to have you on the podcast and yeah, you know, well, we're going to figure this all out together. So I wish you all health, strength, and many beautiful, peaceful moments during this time. Now here is a story called Summertime. She was born in the heat of the summer, when tendrils of humidity hang from rotating ceiling fans and the incessant buzz of cicadas texture the moist, oppressive air. The wail of her cry pierced through the blanket of heat settling onto her mother's sweat-soaked body, scaring the crawdads back into their holes. Her mother, hearing the desperation and longing in the cry of her firstborn, began to whimper as the vitality flowed slowly and steadily from her battered womb. The baby grew to be a shy, awkward girl tucked away into a foster home. This home wrought the comings and goings of one displaced youth after another, relegated to quiet corners, burnt, tasteless edges of casseroles too inadequate to feed hungry, growing bodies, and slivers of threadbare blankets commandeered by older, stronger children. She is a storyteller, a weaver of fantasies whose roots dig deep beneath the earth on which she stands. The long limbs of images and visions reach towards the sun and wrap her safely in metaphors and happy endings. In these stories, she is never a motherless castaway bereft of the security of unconditional love, but a flourishing child whose world is full of possibilities. On stormy days, as clouds grow on the horizon, grumbling and groaning, slowly slogging across the sky, she sits on the back porch. While snapping endless piles of stringy green beans, she looks over the grove of orange trees behind the foster home, lined by ancient oaks and approaching kudzu vines. Her feet twitch with the desire to tramp through fields, splashing rhythmically into puddles. As she watches the heavy drops plop decidedly onto the ground, she imagines the fresh squish of mud oozing between the toes of her bare feet. She rubs her feet together, tickling her toes and reveling in the sensation of her imagination. She longs to run into the storm and bathe the world with the story of her birth screaming into the whipping wind the anguish she somehow remembers in her mother's dying face. In the heat of summer, when the air is thick and stagnant and her skin glistens under a layer of salty sweat, she whispers her stories into the patchy grass beneath her. She tells stories of fairy queens and beetle-driven chariots, of far-off worlds where trees can sing and plants dance waltzes on rippling rainbows. Her words create places where she is always welcome, 
where her voice and her stories are meaningful. Some of the other children had caught her once, in a soft patch of grass near the house. She was speaking to a collection of empty cicada shells she had gathered around her like an audience. She described for them the iridescent feathery wings of the fairy queen who sends messages to her from her mother. They laughed at her, mocked her by taking in turns to say ridiculous things to her unmoved audience. Some of the more disturbed children said nasty, devious things to her cicada shells before violently crushing them one at a time. One kid went so far as to push her hard, sending her flying back into the menacing thorns of a rosebush. Cackles plagued her ears when she began to cry from the humiliation and blood slowly trickling from her pierced skin. They made fun of her because their hearts were broken, and they could see that hers is not. Now she shares these tales only with the orange trees furthest away from the clutter and chaos of the house. Here, on the edge of the grove, she can watch the pale green Spanish moss as it drips from the spreading limbs of nearby oak trees. Her thoughts float amiably along on the droning buzz of bees hard at work amongst the orange blossoms, a place where words spill from her lips into the waiting ears of ladybugs or alight onto the tiny wings of honeybees to be carried into the world. She watches the bees in their melodious dance, hovering over white blossoms, and imagines her stories resting in anticipation on their backs. She watches as the bees fly farther away, and she imagines the words reach her father, wherever or whoever he is. She fantasizes that he hears the words, and knowing them for his daughters, comes to find her, comes to find her, to rescue her from the desolation of not belonging, of not having a family, of living a blurry existence whose intention has not yet come into focus. Sometimes she pictures the words tumbling off the honeybee, resting briefly on a petal before they grab onto the wings of a passing hummingbird. As a hummingbird flies higher into the air, the words spill off onto a crow, then rub against an eagle and fly high into the heavens where her mother hears them and rejoices in their beauty. One particular afternoon, she leans against the smooth bark of a solid fruit bearer. She tells an exciting tale of talking horses and magical miniature rosebuds to a gathering of busy ants. Then she hears a distinct shifting behind her. Startled from her story, heart pounding, she quickly silences herself. She is afraid one of the kids has heard her speaking to the ants and will bring the others to mock and torment her again, possibly worse. Through the muffled rush of blood filling her ears, she hears a small, shy voice ask, What happened to the horse's daughter? the one who got lost. She jumps at the voice, momentarily stunned and terrified that she has been caught, but her fear gives way to a calming recognition. The voice, weak but filled with a tentative longing, belongs to a young child. He arrived at the house just yesterday morning, a young, shock-riddled boy whose grief and fear emanate from sad, sunken brown eyes. She smiles kindly at him and motions him closer. 
Relieved, he scoots close enough that their arms are touching, a silent and unconscious plea for comfort and closeness. She leans into him and whispers, She found her way home. The child relaxes, letting go just a breath's worth of his grief and a relieved sigh, a step unto the journey of healing and finding his way in this world. The silent acceptance wraps around them a cloak of comfort and newfound hope. Our heroine of unrecognized potential allows the harmony of buzzing insects, pulsing heat and far-off voices to hold the space around them for a moment before adding to it a new tale of exciting adventures and the solid strength of friendship.